0: knows how to play poker. poker, but do you know how to play poker well? well, Get ready to talk poker strategy with the people who run the games, hear interviews with the stars, get information on when to play, where to play, and how to play better poker. poker. This is Poker Action Live, a weekly poker show with your hosts Big Dave Lemon and Joe Rodriguez.
1: And welcome once again, everybody, Big Dave uh, in his studio. Joe is going to be on the phone with me tonight. Uh... Calling from his home, Uh, we will have some fun uh, regardless, so we won't be able to uh, laugh at each other's funny faces uh, like we normally do. But, uh, Joe, I hope you're feeling better, and uh, definitely glad to have you uh, back on the show.
2: Thank you, sir. And I'm I'm glad to be on the show even if it is even if it is from another county away.
1: Sixty miles apart or whatever that is. But uh Yes sir. <laughs> uh a few things to talk about tonight. Uh I do want to wrap up some of the results. Uh the World Series of Poker Europe is now complete. Uh some interesting stories and you and you kinda of brought it up last week and I kinda of shrugged it off because I hadn't really looked into it too much, but uh, you brought up uh the fact that uh, Leon Sukarnik, who owns the Razvedov Casino, has uh definitely uh kind of besmirched his reputation with a couple of incidents. Uh there was one uh that has been talked about for several months, was a three million dollar debt he had with uh, Australian poker player Matt Kirk, paid him a million dollars but still owed him over two million. Uh apparently now it's come out that uh He's done it again with another player. So, um, very curious as to whether this relationship with the World Series of Poker will last.
2: Well, Big Dave, let me tell you, as as you all know, I mean, I brought it up. uh, If he felt like he had been cheated, he wouldn't have paid the gentleman anything he winds up paying a million dollars and then there's no explanation as to why he won't give him the rest of his uh you know the money that he's owed right and now i didn't even know he had a second player do do we have uh yeah, figures I'll I'll, I'll, give you, I'll
1: I'll give you a little information on that but um i guess there's lots of stories supposedly uh Ros- or uh i'm sorry sukrinic felt that he was pressured into continue to play uh he says that uh Uh, the Kirk and the Aria Casino where that game took place allowed him to become too intoxicated, he was fatigued, and that they prevented him from leaving the exclusive uh, Ivy's room where the game was being played, uh, feeling that it was a dishonest and unfair game. So, uh, you know, you wonder about isolated incidents like that, but the latest news has come out that uh, Elton Sang, who won the big one for one drop, also had a match uh, and supposedly... Uh, he won a game with Sukernik and two other players for two sessions, uh, and Sukernik told him that he wouldn't pay him the amount he owed. He, that he would pay him the amount from the first session, but not the second, hinting that he didn't think the game was on the level, even though he had 90 percent of the other two players' action. Uh, Sang was finally paid the amount owed for the first session, supposedly 1.2 Euro, million euros, and the second one is similar. It's a very similar. Uh, Situation to the one with Matt Kirk, but he supposedly lost about two million. So I guess, I guess his threshold for paying off is right around a million. And uh, once it gets up to three million, he's uh, come up with coming up with a story.
2: Well, Dave, let me tell you there, and I won't mention I obviously I won't mention names or what. But there was a guy in Dade County who uh, I wasn't in the game of poker, but it was in game of chance. Let's uh, just let's leave it at that. Who uh, is very wealthy and made a lot of other people wealthy, and he was the same type of style. He would he would lose to a certain amount, go exceeded, and most people knew that he would he would only pay off about forty to sixty percent up to it up to a like like this gentleman, which seems to be like about a million million point two euro uh, as his threshold and people continue to play and let allow him to do what he did because he was such such a bad uh you know uh, pronosticator, let's put it that way okay. maybe this gentleman's just such a such as bad uh, a poker player and people allow this but if that's not the case Dave you know his reputation is really going to be hit and i have a feeling his casino will eventually pay the price
1: yeah it's kind of funny he uh he's trying to make himself really the uh i guess the Las Vegas of Europe and uh, supposedly this town is in the middle of nowhere. Uh, it's near the German border, as we talked about last week. It only has like about uh, eight or 900 people living there. So it's kind of amazing that he's doing this. But uh, some people have bought into his, uh, you know, his vision. Uh, obviously, uh, you know, he, he can't go on doing these kinds of things and, and maintain a relationship with a uh, high-class uh, organization like the World Series of Poker.
2: No, and what he needs to have is proof. What he needs to have is some sort of, of substantial proof, proving that you know, hey, these people, you know, uh, you know, got me drunk intentionally. Uh, and in the second incident, you know, you know, some sort of proof that these people were cheating him and trying to get more money from him. But you know, think about it, Dave. If you're going to his casino, like you said. I heard it's obviously very beautiful, but in the middle of nowhere. And this man, his integrity has now already come into question that he won't pay a gambling debt. What's to stop him from paying off somebody who hits really big in his casino? Yeah. Uh,
1: there's a great article on CardPlayer.com by Gavin Griffin. He talks about a bad message and what this uh, This is a horrible uh, association Um uh, you know, for the World Series of Poker to have. Uh, They had the big one for one drop there, and now they are moving that back to Vegas in 2018. Who knows what's going to happen with the World Series of Poker Europe. Uh, Obviously, they, uh, you know, they probably wouldn't go back there again in 2019, but a lot can happen between now and then. But, uh, you know, uh, it just uh, is amazing that a guy who runs a casino, and everyone had some high... uh, had a high view of him until very recently now as it turns out uh this guy apparently has a drinking problem uh certainly has a problem paying people off and uh you know to to drop him off the radar for the rest of his life uh would not be a surprise to me for the WSOP to do
2: oh absolutely and th- and think and think that how are you going to do this I mean, as a big-time gambler, which all, all these casinos are trying to get, the whales, you know, why would you even think of going to his casino over there when he's already got the reputation of not paying you off? And all he has to say is he thinks that uh, that you did something uh, illegal without any proof.
1: Yeah, it's amazing. And uh, supposedly there's other stories of uh, debts that he refused to pay, so it's nothing new. Uh, you know, you you would be amazed that, pe- that you would play, play him uh, on credit at any point.
2: Exactly. Exactly. And, and listen, you lose a million, you get a million of chips. You lose a million of chips, you got to buy in for another million. It's got to be in the cage. So that way, if I win your your chips, I'm, I can cash them out. That's the only way people are going to play, play him going forward.
1: Right. Now, I'm sure, uh, in, and in this article, Gavin says uh, he says that the contract with the World Series of Poker Europe was probably signed Way before any of this stuff came out, and it was just too late to change it on such short notice. Seems to be a pretty successful uh, tournament. And as uh, Stacey Madison mentioned on the show, it was a really nice casino. That's where she played uh, William Kasouf. Right. And uh, I guess, you know, they're doing a pretty good job at some of these things, but this guy needs
2: to get a hold of some of his problems. Yeah, well like I said he he's he's a very wealthy man if he's able to build a casino and, and has gotten it up to that point so you know, that that would tend lend you to believe that he's an intelligent man but uh you know personal demons sometimes in this business and in any business will will eat you up so yeah. like you said let's hope he gets a handle on this
1: Yeah, absolutely. Uh the reason that, that he kind of wrote this article was it really irritated him that uh sukrenik announced that uh when the announcement came out that the big one for one drop was going to be back in vegas in 2018 with the million dollar buy-in that uh they announced on their twitter account that sukrenik was the first one to put down his deposit for the event and he thought that was a little unnecessary for them to uh to crow that out for him but uh you know obviously the bad message he says to others is that uh you, if you can get away with not paying your debts, how can you still be a centerpiece of a, of a high-stakes event promotion?
2: <laughs> I agree 100%. Anyway,
1: so. uh, I guess pretty much outside of that, as personal issues. We did have some uh, good play over in Europe, and uh, uh, I wanted to get to some of the results because we kind of left it on a cliffhanger last week with Maria Ho entering the final table Uh and- Fortunately, I don't have a, a Cinderella story for you because she was the actually not the first one, but uh, she was at the same on the same hand eliminated uh, from the final table, so she got sixth place. Uh, Neil Farrell was the other one, the other big name player at the final table, and they both got eliminated on the same hand. Uh, the Player that eliminated wow. them uh, was uh, uh, the eventual winner, uh, Marty Roca de Torres who had pocket aces in the hand. Farrell had pocket kings and and Ho, who was short stacked at the time, had ace Jack. So uh she finishes sixth and Farrell finishes in fifth. Uh, as apparently she you know, as we mentioned, she's starting the day as the chip leader. And uh she had a small lead over Roca de Torres, but uh he jumped into the lead and Farrell uh doubled against on a hand against Ho and she ended up falling down uh, to the bottom of the chip counts, and ten hands later, she was out.
2: Yeah, I mean, if she went from chip leader to being the short stack six hand, she she definitely got you know she she got some beats handed to her down down the road there.
1: Anyway, as I mentioned, uh, Farrell finished in fifth place. Uh, the other finishers at the final table, not probably real familiar with American fans, but uh, uh, Robert Bickley finished in fourth. Uh, Mathis Jonkers finished in 3rd. Second place was Gianluca Speranza, who actually was the runner-up of the same event in 2011. And uh, Marty Roca wow. de Torres was the winner, uh 1.115 million euros. He's a actually a school teacher, a former school teacher uh from Spain in Barcelona. Uh, Lives now in Martaro, Spain. He's 36 years old, and he's only had uh, now two caches in the World Series of Poker, one for uh, a bracelet. And uh, pretty interesting that, uh, you know, he fought this uh, final day that lasted 14 hours, the final table, because they went at it for a long time. After the uh, initial double elimination, they played for uh, something like six hours or something before the next player went out. Wow, that long, huh? Yeah. And uh, when they got down to the final play, they actually played four hours head-to-head. Oof. Oh, wow. So, uh, you know, I just wanted to ask you, I mean, have you ever played in any type of tournament like that where it went on that long, and how did you respond?
2: Well, let me tell you, on an online tournament that I was at, um, I got heads up. Uh, it was a 180 man tournament, so I mean, you know, I don't know how many were entered in this, but we got heads up, and we actually went an hour and forty minutes before I was lucky enough to take it down. And the, uh, we entered, we entered heads up, pretty much even in chips, and just like you would expect, you know, the pendulum kept swinging back and forth, you know, and when one of us was very short stacked, he'd, he'd get aggressive and push in against the other. You'd have to call and it it, i'm telling you it was amazing it just kept going back and forth until i finally got a i got a hand that uh you know we we got it in i got it in bad and and just got very lucky and uh i should have been eliminated on that hand but instead i you know he was severely short stacked and crippled and i was able to take him out a hand or two later but I mean, we fought back and forth. We each we each had bad beats put up against us when, when each one of us looked like we were gonna win the tournament and let me tell you, it gets frustrating, Dave, because you just want this thing to be over. Yeah. So I can't that that was an hour and forty minutes. I I thought it was an eternity. So I can't even imagine heads up for four hours. But what was the difference in prize pool? What was the difference in money? Uh
1: I guess about four hundred and fifty thousand Euros. Uh, so for
2: half that's euro, so let's let's just round it up for the even sake to have at least half a million U.S. Uh, yeah, I think I could fight for four hours or more for half a million dollars.
1: It's one day. Uh, I don't
2: know about you. Ask, ask Gio if, he'll, if he'd consider fighting it out for four hours <laughs> for half a million. Absolutely. So, there you go. Definitely uh, within my my rate. <laughs> well, i'm not That's one that you know, deals with 25 an
1: hour as i'm not one that deals well with boredom but uh anyway uh, so anyway i wanted to just mention uh you know that uh they are moving on to uh, china shortly uh first ever wsop china and we know they've been talking about it a lot but uh uh, I had an interesting article that I read uh, by Martin Derbyshire, who's a pretty well-known writer and actually has had his uh, run-ins with some, some players here and there. But uh, the, his question was, uh, should Americans really care about WSOP Europe? And I guess they would care even less about WSOP China, not to be not to be racist, but when you see a lot of names that are very different from American names, does it really give you any uh, reason to care?
2: Well, you know, I, I hate to say this because it sounds petty, but you know, unless some of the better known names from here, I mean, I, you know, I, I really have, you know, Hey, it's nice to hear the results, but you know, we have enough, we have thousands and thousands of players that are great players here that we don't really know that are not, you know, uh, household names here. So, you know, we're gonna we're gonna care even less for, for names that we don't know
0: yeah. from
2: Europe, and I don't know about you, Dave, but I also had a little, you know, I don't know if the bracelet count, you know, lost a little something when they started allowing the WSOP, you know, championship in Europe to count towards your bracelet right, count. I right. mean, I, I believe what is it? Helmuth has fourteen now. Yeah. Right, but I think it's two or three are from Europe, you know. And and but trust me, we all know what a great, unbelievable player he is. But you know, I don't know. I looked at it a little differently that he didn't earn them in Vegas. That you know, at at uh, at the you know at the yeah. World Series of Poker in Vegas, which is where we all think of it as this tournament should only be held in. Well, so I think but, with the, with listen. the
1: combination of Vegas and Europe, I think they're up to like seventy four bracelets, and if you add another fourteen with China. Uh, you know, now it's getting to the point where uh, it just may not mean a whole hell of a lot.
2: Well, listen, you know, we 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 have the circuit events, Dave, and I believe that what they should do with some of these things is turn them into, you know, l- l- keep the value and keep the, the prestige of the bracelet more so. Hey, listen, give it away for the main event, maybe for the the, 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 the big one for one drop, you know, for one or two of the tournaments in Europe. But for the rest, give out something differently. You don't want to give out the rings like the circuit event, but you know, whatever, give out a necklace, something else. Right. You know, let's maintain that the bracelet is is a, is is you know is such a special prize that you don't you don't want to water it down. You know, you don't want to cheapen it. Right. Exactly.
1: Uh, I do want to talk about a little bit more about uh, a couple of the results, and also I want to get to the Rock and Roll Poker Open, which is now underway. Uh, As of today, as we do the show here on a Wednesday, November the 15th uh, in South Florida at the Seminole Hard Rock, uh, another big tournament that uh, we should enjoy that got underway today. So let's take our first break on the show. Uh, Gio will put you on hold, Joe. We'll be right back with you. And uh, we'll get to some more of the program tonight. Don't forget, you can always pick up the show on uh, Hold'em Radio Network. Uh, You can get it on SoundCloud, on iTunes. You can get it on Stitcher, which is a great place to get podcasts as well. Also, our website is PokerActionLine.com. We have a yellow box on the front page where you can click back and get any of the previous shows. If you see some of the names of some of the great players that we've had on the show, you can check that out as well. Uh, The Poker Fuse podcast page is another place uh, that carries our show on a regular basis. And we're working on a few others. So uh, definitely could find the show very easily if you want to. Uh, We hope you do and that you'll join us every week here on the program. Working on some good guests, including uh, Kui Win, who uh, has a book out now. Uh, about his World Series of Poker Championship last year. Uh, We're going to try to get him on in the next couple of weeks, working on a couple of other things as well. So uh, we hope you'll stick around on the program and, and join us every week here on the show. We'll be back with more after these messages here on Poker Action Line.
0: This is Poker Action Line. This is Big
1: Dave for PlaceYourChipsCaribbean.com. Want to know what's really cool? Your charitable tax-deductible donation every time you play. PlaceYourChipsCaribbean.com, the feel-good gateway to fun and prizes. Play free. Learn our system. Get 50,000 free chips and play for prizes. Play for scholarships that benefit Caribbean students. PlaceYourChipsCaribbean.com. Take it from Big Dave. A win for you is a donation to Caribbean education. PlaceYourChipsCaribbean.com.
0: It takes 12 years to create a graduate. It takes about the same time to create a dropout. The difference between a child becoming one or the other could be you. Studies prove that reading to a child regularly dramatically improves reading skills. And kids who read well by third grade are four times as likely to graduate. So United Way is calling for one million volunteers over the next three years. We're asking you to step up, make a pledge, tutor a child who needs help, mentor a kid who needs someone on their side, volunteer to read to children, make a difference. Because when a child advances, we all advance. Entire communities improve. Success or failure starts long before graduation day. And the difference between a graduate and a dropout could be you. Be a reader, tutor or mentor. Give, advocate, volunteer. Live United. Take the pledge. Go to liveunited.org now. Brought to you by United Way and the Ad Council. Today's episode, Bobcat in the Cave. Ah, Oh, nuts! There's a bobcat in this cave! You will, but first you you like to stress the importance of cat adoption? <coughs> Over 5 million cats go into animal shelters every year and they need to be adopted? Help us, Sassy! <coughs> Why bother? We'll just get into more trouble tomorrow? Sassy is brought to you by the Ad Council and the ShelterPetProject.org. Remember, adopt.
1: Welcome back to the show. Big Dave Lemon and uh, Joe Rodriguez. Joe on the phone tonight with me uh, from Kendall area, and uh, <laughs>
0: yeah,
2: coming in from coming in from the Sweetwater Kendall area. <laughs> exactly.
1: Uh, I did mention uh, WSOP China. Kind of an interesting event. A little bit different from some of the normal things that WSOP does. Uh, there's, yeah. that, there's going to be a few things tied in with it, including. Uh, some de- demo stations that uh, will provide uh, some of the players with uh, educational experience of some of the new technologies, uh, things like uh, artificial intelligence and virtual reality. Uh, certainly, poker will be affected by that in, in days uh, still to come. Uh, I wonder uh, if people are going to sit there with those uh, headsets on, with the uh, where you hook your phone on the front, and uh, you get the virtual. Uh, feel of of what it's like to be playing across from uh, Phil Ivey and uh, and Daniel Negreanu in the future. Yeah, well, that
2: that would definitely be the next big thing if you could get that to happen.
1: Anyway, there is a uh, 10 cent poker is a company uh, in China that uh, has made this deal with the WSOP to provide this tournament, and basically all the players. That play in WSOP China will have to qualify on 10 Cent Poker. So uh, I don't I don't know if it's available even in uh, worldwide or not, or just in China. But uh, to date, more than 400 people have qualified, and they expect by the end of them, uh, by the by the time they get to the tournament, uh, which is uh, De- December 13th through the 22nd. By the way, uh, they'll have about 800 players or so getting into that. But they have satellite events on this uh, 10 Cent Poker. And uh, they said that uh, these qualifying tournaments, they'll have more than 800,000 poker players uh, playing in this. Uh, so only the top players who finish, uh, you know, very high in some of these satellites are going to play. About 1% of the participants will get a chance to actually go and play. It's going to be in uh, Sanya uh, is the name of the city in Hainan in China, the Shangri-La Resort. And again, that's uh, December 13th through the 22nd uh they have yep. several different types of players and uh, uh they said 90 for 95 percent are male which is about uh you know basically to be expected uh the youngest qualifier is 19 the oldest 74 most of the players fall in the age range of 30 to 40 years old with uh, the majority of players as you might expect coming from beijing and shanghai
2: now let me ask you david when you say that 400 so far and they expect you know, I don't remember the number there was it like around 800 or, 800 more or so yeah. to qualify these are multiple tournaments that they're going to be running between the 13th and the 27th no, of December well yeah that,
1: that's true uh, you know I I don't know if uh, they're considering those 800 for the that will get them to the main event or not but uh uh there is 15 total tournaments uh there's a PLO event there's uh a ladies event actually six handed event and stuff like that but uh the main event starts on December 15th. Uh apparently uh you know the 800 will qualify for uh the main the
2: main events, event. I guess, yeah, you know, that sounds at. that sounds like well that's pretty interesting. That's a great way to promote your your online site and uh yeah, that I guess that something tells me they may have a lot more than 800 people. By the time that main event rolls around, so yeah. uh,
1: what it doesn't uh, do is it doesn't open up things like, uh, for example, the World Series of Poker Europe had a lot of big name players. Of course, you had Helmuth and and players like Bryn Kenny and Anthony Zeno and and uh, obviously Chris Ferguson was there as well. But it brought a lot of big names and people who just you know fly to Europe and play. Now, of course, China is a is a hugely different uh, animal, and uh, you know yes. probably people aren't uh, automatically just jumping. Uh, uh, into uh, heading to China. I mean, people do go there on vacation, and, and it obviously has some uh, tourist attractions, but uh, I don't think uh, going to a poker tournament is run the front of the mind of a lot of American U.S. Uh, professionals.
2: No, but, you know, it would be very interesting to play over there. I would have bet you a lot of them would love to get that opportunity. You know, you don't know what kind of market you're getting into over there, David, you know, it, it could be, you know, <laughs> very, very new, very, you know, uh, players who, yeah, read up on it. You know, obviously in today's day and age with the internet, you catch up a lot quicker than you did in the old days when you and I were first learning this game where you had to actually put the hours in at the table, but still it is new people who are learning different strategies. And, uh, you know, this, this could be a, a very fertile poker ground for a lot of people.
1: Yeah, as far as the game goes, I don't think there's any question that uh, this is truly a, a great frontier that needs to be explored by the WSOP, and and uh, you can imagine the number of uh, players worldwide, since the world is smaller now, you know, in fact, uh, with the Internet and that sort of thing. So, uh, you know, it's a great uh, idea. I think you have to tread lightly and figure out where it's going to go, uh, you know, with all the uh, political problems and the... Uh, the north korean aspect of uh, us politics that's in the news every single day and what china's involvement and what they're going to do to uh, to uh, stop uh, kim jong un uh, it certainly is uh, you know on people's minds so i'm not sure uh where we stand with china uh, 5 years from now what things will be like uh certainly uh, they are a world power though and uh, and, and wow. things need to change
0: hey.
2: I could tell you we're looking at them very favorably now that they released those three uh dumb uh, <laughs> UCLA basketball players yeah. and allowed them to fly home.
0: Yeah. So,
2: uh at least they're in good standing from that standpoint. For, for, so, for college, uh, for, but
1: for college but like band. you
2: said, you put it good Dave, when you said that it's, it's a new frontier and um man, that uh, you know, imagine <laughs> over a billion people uh, you know, even, even if you only got 20% of them, that'd be over 200 million people, new people getting to poker and bringing lots of money in, and, uh, you know, I I think this has a great potential going forward. Right. Uh,
1: I just wanted to touch briefly on this article about uh, should Americans really care about WSOP Europe. Uh, you know, the the numbers obviously are nowhere near what we have in bracelet Uh in uh, in Vegas I should say uh the bracelets uh aspect that you mentioned that it's kind of watering down the whole thing uh you know making the player of the year race maybe a little bit uh less in, less uh prestigious I guess you might say but uh you know I think we enjoy it when our big name players are challenging for titles you like to see new players uh coming on the scene and and emerging as good players uh and it happens every year but when a bunch of the names are just, uh, you, know, uh, you know, Czechoslovakian or German or wherever uh, those players are, are there coming from, and you've never heard of pretty much anybody at the final table, is, is it a draw for U.S. fans?
2: Well, not so much over there, Dave, but, you know, when we went on break, you had asked me this before, right before we went on break. One of the things that it can be a draw, and not so much for the players, is that if if the product goes over very well over there, you know we've always wondered how we're we going to get these pools to continue to grow here in the United States, and for, you know especially for the for the seven eight weeks that we have the, the you know the WSOP in Vegas going for, this could be a way to do that. You right. understand? Yeah. Uh, drawing from from different parts of the world. I mean, we get so many international players now playing over there. Can you imagine you open it up to China and, and, you know, other countries and, you know, introduce the the product over there and, uh, you know, maybe all of a sudden the main event grows back up to eight, nine thousand people, you know, and, and this is how you can grow your product here in the United States. I don't think we care so much about who wins it in China as much as to. How much more money can, can it bring to the prize pools here?
1: Yeah, I think uh, year in, year out, we'll see more players from China coming over to Vegas for the summer, and uh, that certainly can't be a bad thing.
2: No, of course not. Get those pools to keep growing, and uh, when, when those numbers raise up to where Jamie Gold won when he won that $12 million, uh, you know, what was that, what's been about 10 years or so, uh, you know, get those numbers up there again. You know, we thought this was going to go on a downtrend, and now it, it may start peaking up again. Yeah. Uh,
1: one other pl- tournament there, I did want to mention. The super high roller event was toward the very end of the uh, the series. Uh, it was won by Dan Shack, American player Dan Shack. Uh, small field, uh, as you might expect for a uh, uh, super high roller. Twenty five thousand euros was the buy in, and Shack defeated uh, Makita Badz- Badzikowski-Badzikowski. Of Belarus, Bryn Kenny was third. Stefan Sondheimer, who's had a pretty much a breakout year over in uh, from Germany, uh, finished in fourth place, just uh, four payouts there in the field of 21. So uh, certainly, uh, you know, an interesting event. And again, it's uh, skewed a little bit by the fact that uh, there is no November 9 anymore, and uh, people are looking for something to look at.
2: Yeah, I mean, we mentioned it on the show, Dave, and it, it, it's true. It, it seems like we got a little void by not having that November 9 right at the beginning of the month. Yeah, exactly. Uh,
1: a couple other uh, tournaments to uh, let you know about. Uh, the World Series of Poker Circuit uh, is uh, being contested right now. Uh, they were just, uh, the WPT was in Choctaw, and they've moved on to Montreal Uh we'll give you some of those uh, results are down to the final table in the WPT Montreal tournament. But uh, I did want to give you, the, I did want to give you the schedule for the WSOP circuit events. Uh, they are at planet Hollywood uh, coming up in the next uh, few days. They are already there for the series, but uh, as far as uh, the tournament is concerned, we are uh, headed uh, in the middle of the series and headed toward the main event. So, I did want to give you the upcoming schedule for WSOP. Planet Hollywood will conclude on November 20th. And then uh, Thanksgiving week starts in Cherokee, North Carolina at Harris, there uh, will be played through December 4th. And then they go to the Bicycle Los Angeles uh, in Los Angeles uh, for a series there December 1st through the 12th. And then a little break for the holidays. uh, And they will go to Choctaw there and Thunder Valley as the new year starts. Uh, World Series of Poker. Uh, down to the final eight players. Uh, We'll give you the chip counts here, at least some of the leaders. Uh, Patrick Quinn is the chip leader right now. Uh, David Peters is in fourth place, one of the well-known players in the tournament. Also, Eric Afriat, who is from Montreal, uh, is in fifth place right now. He won, of course, a WPT event down here at the Seminole Hard Rock. Uh, Eight players still left. Uh, They are... uh, there were 606 total for this event, uh, and this was the WPT Montreal event again. Patrick Quinn, chip leader. Mohamed Abu Haba, is in second place, very close behind, less than 100,000 behind. And Maxime Heroux, uh, from France is uh, in third place right now. Peters in fourth. Eric Afriat in fifth. Derek Walters is in sixth place, again, down to the final eight. And uh, we'll keep an eye on that as we move along in the show tonight. Uh, I did want to touch on the Seminole Hard Rock. We'll do that when we come back. You're listening to Poker Action Line. We'll take a break here, and when we return, we'll get to some of the local events and what's coming up here in South Florida. Thanks for being with us tonight, and we'll be back after these messages.
0: This is Poker Action Line.
1: Hi, this is Big Dave from PokerActionLineRadio.com. I want to let all avid poker players know about a great new lottery game that was developed by one of our sponsors, Atlantic West Management Group. This game is now available worldwide on the internet and will be served as Place Your Chips Caribbean and operated on the internet as an international lottery by Atlantic West. The Texas Hold'em poker-like game is perfectly legal everywhere and presented as a lottery game with tickets available on the internet. You can win pick six lottery tickets and cash prizes by using your poker playing skills. It's open to lottery players worldwide, and right now this game is in a play for free test mode, and you are not obligated to purchase anything. You can get 50,000 free play chips per ticket for the purpose of evaluating the game with no prizes awarded until the game goes live. A lottery customer can purchase a ticket with a unique number that will grant them entry into one of many Texas Hold'em poker tables. With a chip stack and like a lottery game, the prize value will be based on ticket sales. That chip stack will be valid for the remainder of the week as players can access the site as often as they like to try and take the chip lead. At the end of the week, the highest chip stacks will be awarded lottery prizes. And if you lose all your chips, the lottery ticket becomes null and void. As with regular lottery games, you can purchase as many entries as you like. However, each ticket stands on its own merit, and much like the regular lottery, the results of multiple tickets cannot be combined toward a prize. The name of this game is Place Your Chips Caribbean, and you can access a live demonstration of the game right now at www.placeyourchipscaribbean.com. We believe that when it goes live soon, there will be a heavy demand for this game, as most lottery players would much rather have some say in the outcome of their lottery result. The odds of winning are greatly improved if they're able to utilize their playing skills in order to increase their chances of winning. I hope that you will try the Play for Free demonstration and hope that you will join us when the Play for Real game becomes available later this year.
0: WFO Radio NHRA Nitro is all about the NHRA Full Throttle Drag Racing Series. Join Joe at 7 p.m. Eastern each Tuesday night for the first edition of NHRA Nitro. Featuring the NHRA's Alan Reinhardt. race winners stop by to talk about bringing home the Wally. Every Tuesday night following NHRA national events. NHRA Nitro is available on demand anytime on the WFO radio application and at WFORadio.com.
1: Welcome back to the show, Big Dave and Joe. Joe uh, on my telephone tonight and uh, talking about a few things going on uh, locally here in South Florida. Uh, We did uh, last week talk a little bit about the uh, aisle tournament that just concluded. Uh, We have moved to the Seminole Hard Rock for the Rock and Roll Poker Open, which is underway. Uh, It got underway with their uh, ultimate re-entry tournament, $360 buy-in with a half a million dollar guarantee. Uh, Flight A was today uh, beginning, I guess, at 11 a.m. and had 327 players, down to 72 at this point, and several events uh, overlapping because the ultimate re-entry is, uh, 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 I guess, uh, 10, uh, is it? Let me check here for sure, but I think it's 10 10 opening (laughs) sessions. Uh, It's kind of like a mini Colossus almost, but uh, it's it's, – Underway with, with, with two uh, opening sessions per day uh, through Sunday. So that's uh, today being Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. So ten uh, sessions all together. Um, last year's champion was uh, Rafael Reese. And it was the biggest tournament, the biggest field in Florida poker history with uh, 5,018 entries last year. So I don't know if they'll do that. Wow. But they start off today with 327. Uh, they are underway in day one B, which started at 5 p.m. and uh, each each uh, flight they'll play down to 10 uh, percent of the starting field. Uh, so they are playing down to 32. Uh, when I mentioned there were 72 left, but they're playing down to 32 before they will end the day. And the players that make it to day two will already be in the money. Now, it's unlimited re-entries, and you can also enter in each of the different flights. So if you want, you can enter 10 different uh, sessions. Uh, They will compare your chip counts at the end of each day. You make it through to day two, and you will take the biggest one and uh, take that to day two. Uh, I guess that starts on Sunday. So um, that will get underway and move into the weekend as they get that uh, done.
2: There's an interesting concept. If you make it to day two, you're already in the money. So let's say you buy in ten times and make it four. Are you are you playing your largest stack and collecting whatever you get when you get blinded out on the other three?
1: No, I think you just uh, you just go ahead and enter uh, day two with the biggest stack. Uh, in fact, there is a there's a uh, uh, twenty five hundred dollar multi stack award payout for. Uh, players uh the other stacks that that uh the players have I don't know exactly how that works I kind of should have looked at that ahead of time I guess but uh yeah I will give you more on next week as we move along but uh uh 10% do get paid and uh there will be if you get uh,
2: past day 1 you're collecting right <laughs> Yeah and I mean
1: you collect for all of those so there's going to be a lot of payouts on uh, Sunday afternoon uh 15,000 uh, chips to start 30 minute levels throughout the uh, the first day uh and uh they uh are well underway. They also uh had the uh the uh Omaha high low tournament uh which is event number 2, $300 buy-in, Omaha 8 and uh that is underway as well. Um, they are uh I don't have an exact count on that. They had uh, 38 entrants as of uh uh, this morning, but uh, I don't have an updated count on that, but we'll get that for you as well. Anyway, the Seniors Tournament is tomorrow. Uh you showing up for that one?
2: No, not tomorrow. I'm going to play in their next Seniors in, in January.
1: Yeah, yeah, in the uh, Lucky Hearts.
2: That's it. Their next big tournament, which is the Lucky Hearts, in January. I intend to play there. I believe uh, that, that Seniors Tournament is going to be on January 12th. So... I hope to be there. Hopefully you'll be talking about me that following week uh, on the show as, as as going deep in that tournament.
1: <laughs> Wouldn't that be cool to run down to your final table?
2: That would be absolutely wonderful. <laughs> this way, I can give you a first-hand... I can give you first-hand reporting on what happened, on what hand, and, and what was involved. Right. So, uh,
1: they are playing in the ballrooms. Uh, as the it's divided into two large rooms. Uh, the one on the left is for cash games. The one on the right, as you go toward the back of the Hard Rock, is for the tournaments. They also have a small meeting room that's across the hall that, and they are playing the uh, pot limit Omaha tournament there. Uh, one article that I wanted to discuss with you briefly, Joe uh was something that stuck out at me and uh you know people people try to get better at poker uh and it's it's a difficult game you know how how long it takes to uh become successful at it uh obviously there's certain ways to to get better i mean if you really are committed to either becoming a professional or uh being successful at a part time uh you know hobby uh, you need to do some research and, and learn the game. And there's plenty of ways to do that now with uh, all the uh, videos. We mentioned last week Rep Porter's Group, the Poker Academy, uh, has a whole series of events that's very reasonable in price that's getting underway. And uh, there's lots of different places where you can do that. But uh, the name of this article is Five Things to Consider Before You Say, quote, I Suck at Poker.
2: Okay. Okay.
1: So, uh, you know, I thought about it because, you know, there there are times when I, I feel like I'm getting better, and then there are other times when I think, well, I shouldn't even bother. So uh, here's the five questions, and I, I wanted to get your thoughts on it. Uh, the first one is, why are you playing? And, uh, you know, you have to decide if you want this to be a career for yourself, uh, if how much time you have to uh, put into it. And, uh, you know, if you have money to lose, if you're playing for fun, then it's not a problem. But if you're trying to get better and make it a second income, if you're trying to become a superstar poker player, uh, there's lots of other questions. What are your thoughts on uh, why are you playing?
2: Well, that's a tremendous question, Dave. And you have to look yourself in the mirror and honestly answer that. I think most people, when you're learning this game, it should be more so for the fun. Let's see, can can I can I you know withstand the ups and downs? Can I you know get the information and put it to good use? That's out there. I mean, Dave, we both know, you know, when Doyle Brunson wrote his super system, you know, the top poker players were 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 you know so pissed off at him that they thought he was giving away the secrets you know to right, to, right. to the to, to getting the goal but so much has happened as you mentioned reporter site there's so many out there and so many places to bounce ideas off of so yeah you need to learn how to play the game and then you need to seriously and i've i've had this conversation with myself dave of you know, twenty plus years ago, I I, I wanted to know. I, I you know, I really thought about whether I wanted to play poker for for a full time and make a living out of it. Um, as it turns out, my family situation didn't allow me to do that. But for many years, I was able to use poker as supplement income to to, right. to my regular income, and I worked at it that that way. So, yeah, and I've seen let's I'm not wanna say friends but more acquaintances take the next step where they thought they were good enough to go to the pros and I I hate to report that none of them actually were able to do it at least at that time the people that I knew
1: well you're you're obviously not playing on poker after dark or anything and uh I don't know how much chance you really get to play now but do you think it's important to continue playing simply because you've made a career in the game as far as management and and uh as a dealer and it supplements your your constant uh learning situation about the game
2: yeah well I well, you're asking whether whether once you start playing it, you know, you decide whether you want to make it a career, you want to just supplement your income. Is that the question you're asking? Well, Dave? I, th- I, th- I, I think, think the question the is
1: is is since I'm pointing out that that you have made a career out of it, not as a player, but as a, a manager and as a dealer. And, and and do you think it's important for yourself to continue to play to supplement those other jobs, basically, with the knowledge of uh, what players are going through?
2: Well, for me, no, not really, because I'm in a different, you know, I'm at a, a different stage in my life right now. Okay. And I've reached, you know, I've been blessed to reach a lot of the goals that i wanted to reach as far as with my children. I haven't reached them all, not even close. Um, you know, it, it I, I did give up the love that I had of playing poker, you know, and wanting to compete year in and year out. As a lot of our guests do, and trust me, it it, it it drives me crazy. But you know, I I chose you know steady and good income, um, and you know my wife made it to to be able to take care of our family. Now, with that being said, I enjoyed the hell out of playing poker. You know, the uh, the competitor in me loved that, and the me being a very sore loser not not, not to where I was a bad loser, but a sore loser in the fact that I didn't want to give my money away. So as anybody will tell you, Dave, in the, in the world of poker, you will go through ups and downs, you know, and you know, the thing is, you've got to hit the higher ups and, and have the, the, the least amount of lows as possible. And that's how you be, you know, you become successful. Another thing, Dave is I chose an amount of money that I knew that I could make if I played well in private games and in certain tournaments and I didn't reach, like you said, for poker after dark. You know, my my goal wasn't to get up to that point because I wasn't a single man, and and I didn't have that bankroll and and the time to put in to try to get my skill level up to that up to that point. Right. Uh, right.
1: Let's go back to some of the questioning here. And basically, uh, the first question, uh, if you're a he says, if you're a uh, recreational player you just playing a little bit for some fun and here and there and it doesn't really bother you to lose a little bit of money uh kind of it ends right there for you but if you are a person who wants to make the living at it uh to move forward and to uh, take it a little more seriously uh, question number two would be are you studying your, are you studying your craft and that is basically um you know what we spoke of in the very beginning is what do you need to do to get better uh I, have you have well, you taken any classes yourself, where you wanted to do that, or are you just strictly playing
2: uh, by feel? And uh, no, you know? well, for me, Dave, it was reading a lot on people that I respected, reading about different styles, different approaches to certain hands, and you know, I I I honestly believe every poker player has their own unique style. Some are you know ultra aggressive, others are very, you know, uh, you know, uh, calm and collective, you know, the, there's the hare and the turtle, uh, so to speak, uh, approach to playing poker. And there's so much in between, especially now, you know, the the internet age of poker and, and the influx of so many young people have changed the game. So if you're not evolving with that and you're not constantly learning and bouncing ideas off of other poker players that, that you respect and are friends of yours uh, that, you know, and and kind of, you know, hey, what would you have done? it? And looking, getting different aspects as to how to play the game or getting on two plus two form and other, other poker forums out there that, you know, constantly throw about different poker situations. I don't see how you can be successful going forward trying to get past, you know, if you're doing this strictly for just the fun of it, disposable income then play however you want to play the night you play but if you want to earn some money at this whether it's to supplement an income or to become a professional you definitely have to constantly be learning your trade it's like continual education for doctors nurses you know so many other professions out there that you constantly have to earn certain degrees to continue to, to get your, keep your license poker should be the same way uh
1: the third question is got money uh and uh, there's obviously uh, lots of uh, lots of staking going on out there if you get to that point if you have the personality and the relationships to uh to bring that on for yourself uh, obviously you got to establish that you have game before you get that kind of money but uh certainly you don't need to be staked to play and and uh the question is are you playing the right stakes and when do you move up and and when is it most important to uh to uh, make the appropriate plays at the right type of game.
2: Okay, now he doesn't address as to when you should move up. Correct. I I believe that you should move up in a cash game once you've been you know, ki- not killing the game, but continually winning. You know, uh, a large percentage of the time that that you're you're kind of running over a, a certain level of game, and you've you've accumulated X amount of dollars. And I don't know if he addresses this, Dave, in his next couple of questions that you have there about management and bankroll management. Does he address that? Uh not so much. Okay. The well, one thing he does say
1: one the, the one thing he does say is he says, uh, you know, you don't want to get yourself into a situation where you're playing scared because uh, you know, you can't be at your optimum if you're just completely worried about the money that you possibly could lose. So uh you know, as far as bankroll management, that, that's as close as he comes
2: well and and you know he should have addressed that a little stronger because he 's a hundred percent correct when you play with scared money never wins money okay, right. and that that 's been proven to me over my lifetime not only with me when i've had to, when i 've played with scared money, but when i 've seen other people play with scared money and as he asked him the question that you just said, when do you move up well once you've built your bankroll to a certain level and you know that you can take a Certain percentage of that and say, okay, let's say you were playing in a 510 a game and now you want to move up to a 1020 or 1025 line game. You know, how much did you build up? You've got to pick a number that you built up your bankroll. When you started at 510, I've gotten to this level. Okay, now I'm going to risk 40% of that bankroll trying to play 1025. If you reach that threshold where you drop below that 40%, then you need to have you know you, you 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 need to have the courage and and the strength to say to yourself okay i need to go back to the other level which i was killing build up my bankroll again and continue to learn why i wasn't as successful at this next level as i was at the level below and again that's continual education uh
1: these questions are all having to do with uh you know uh, why you're not being successful and uh, that sort of thing. And before you say, I suck at poker, you need to consider some of these uh, levels. The next one is uh, not really a question, but he, it's a quote. It says, but the game was on. And so basically he's inferring by the fact that uh, if you have your attention elsewhere and not strictly on the game, uh, you're going to have a problem.
2: Yeah, well, <laughs> that's, you know, but true poker players love people who play poker like that. And, you know, unfortunately it's out there because so many people gamble on, on games, you know, and uh, you know, and if it's not games here in South Florida, as you well know, Dave, they're betting on the pari the horse racing, the dog racing, high lie, you know, anything that takes your concentration away, you know, from the game weakens your game. You know, you're not paying attention to certain things that your opponents are doing. So, yeah, that's, that's, you know, if you can't concentrate for the time that you're playing in these games, if you're going to watch a game or watch a play or, or watch a race while you've got a paramutual, step away from the table. Yeah. But most people can't do that. You know, most, most, you know, most amateurs and beginners just can't do that. They think they can handle playing and, and doing other things, multitasking at the table. So, that to me is a big one right there Dave, you know, yeah. if you can if you can't say I can, you know, I can put the other things aside, you, I don't see how you can over the long haul be a successful poker player. Yeah, he
1: puts it pretty succinctly when he says uh these distractions will cause missed action, actions by opponents, tells or other opportunities that a player might be able to exploit if they were paying attention. So uh, he says, by tuning out televisions and other distractions, you can increase your chances of making the right decision. Uh, exactly. The final one is, uh, if it walks like a duck, he says, and basically it's kind of a conclusion that uh, if you went through all these things and uh, you're still not doing well, that you probably do suck. But uh, he says, uh, <laughs> players that, that aren't very good often are playing too much by feel, uh, that you need to do these other uh uh, discussions and uh, studying to get to the point where you have, uh, you don't just play by feel.
2: Well, I agree with with half of that answer because, you know, there are other people that only play strictly, you know, numbers games, you know, we've known that, you know, like, okay, well, I need a club to come. So my family, so the pot is not paying me the right odds to do this. And, I don't feel that's a hundred percent correct or, or, you know, mathematically they say, Oh, you know, over the long haul of time. Well, you know, over a long haul of time could mean, uh, you know, a hundred years after you're gone. So, you know, that's more of the correct way to play, but every now and then you have to go with a gut feeling, you know, and say yeah. to yourself, you know what, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to gamble here. Yeah. You know, we, we like to say that poker is, 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 is a game of skill, but every now and then, you know, you, you got to say I'm going to gamble just a little bit and, and trust your gut on certain instincts as to whether you should be putting your money in, into the pot. So, uh, you know, I, like I said, I agree with his answer for the most part, but there are times where, you know, players do need to take a gut chance. But if that's all you're doing, Dave, you're going to lose all your money real quick. Right. It's
1: an interesting article Earl Burton wrote it. It's in uh you can pick that up on Poker News. Uh I think Poker News Daily is I believe where it shows up, but uh uh sometimes the simplest answer can uh can lead you a long way. I think back to early in my career when I was uh I was refereeing sports in uh in the high schools. I was in my 20s and I got a chance to to do some work for the Heat. It was one one of their first years. And I'll never forget. I was on the sideline, and I got a chance to talk with the official. Uh, his name was Daryl Garrettson, one of the well-known officials in uh, the NBA. And uh, I was talking to him, and I said, uh, "You know, um, you know, I'm looking to pursue this a little bit further. Uh, what do you think I should uh, uh, do to get to achieve some of my goals?" And he looked at me, and he said, "Lose some weight." <laughs> And I, and, <laughs> really I, and I think about that and uh, I have to laugh, but uh, uh, in answer to this article, you know, although it was a couple of pages and a, a lot of good information, I remember one time I heard someone ask the same type of question about their poker game. What do I do to become professional, get better? And the guy said, read a book.
2: Yeah, I, I mean, it seems simple advice, but sometimes it has to be a blunt answer like that, I guess. So, exactly. and, and that's how you have to do with this. Yeah, exactly.
1: Anyway, we'll close up the show. When we come back, we'll take our final break on the program, and Joe and I will finish up here. Uh, We'll take a look at the WPT event, see if anything has changed in that one, and we will look ahead to future shows. We'll be back with more of Poker Action Line after this.
0: This is Poker Action Line.
1: odds of winning are greatly improved if they're able to utilize their playing skills in order to increase their chances of winning. I hope that you will try the play for free demonstration and hope that you will join us when the play for real game becomes available later this year. Final segment of the show, Big David Joe finishing things up. Uh, looking at the field in Montreal, still eight players remaining. And Patrick Quinn, still the chip leader. David Peters is in fourth place now. Eric, I forgot. In fifth, uh, and it goes on down to the short stack is Bradley Ellis. So uh, finish things up in Montreal, and uh, we will give you a report. It's at the Playground Poker Club uh, located in Montreal. It was a 3850 buy in, they got 606 entries. Prize pool in Canadian dollars, just over $2 So uh, they're finishing things up in Montreal on the WPT, and we will follow that along. I know the Five Diamond is coming up very shortly, big tournament uh, out in Vegas. So we'll keep an eye on some of that stuff as we move forward on the World Series of Poker. Uh, Joe, thanks for your time tonight. Appreciate it. I didn't bring up Archie. We will talk about that maybe next week. Uh, We learned something new today, a brand new, uh, well, fairly new poker game. That we'll talk a little bit about. Uh, did you find that uh, something that you thought you could uh, be successful at?
2: What with that game? Yeah, it's like anything else. You know, you 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 you've got to put the concepts from other games into that, and uh, you have to play it enough. You have to play it a little bit to to kind of get a feel for it. But it sounds like a very interesting game, you know. And uh, you know, for people who don't know it, it's uh, you know, it's it's uh, five card triple draw with. Uh, with a high-low aspect to it and qualifiers. So I like what they've done with that. I think it makes it for very interesting and, you know, uh, maybe ways to take advantage of people who don't know how to quite approach this game.
1: I heard about it from uh, Corey Zeidman. Uh, He runs a game uh, over at the Seminole Coconut Creek a couple times a week, uh, a 100-200 game that uh, uh, had two tables going when I went by and looked at it yesterday uh we Cory promised to come on the show and talk a little bit about mixed games it's a 10 game mix so there's really all kinds of uh, skill involved for the different players there and archie was a game that they were playing that i had never heard of but uh we looked at it and when we have Cory on we'll talk a little bit more about that uh Cory of course is a uh, a stud expert both stud high low and stud high and uh those are games that are part of the 10 game mix so uh, we'll talk about it with Cory uh, i don't know if it'll be next week maybe the week after uh, of course we're running into the holiday season but we'll see if we can get him on to uh, talk a little bit about that. Anyway, Joe, thank you very much. Uh, we will uh, see you next week here in the studio. And, uh, and, and
2: hopefully, hopefully we'll have a special guest next week in studio, huh? Yeah, exactly. Hopefully. We're
1: working on that now. So uh, we'll <laughs> let people know for sure uh, upcoming. But uh, thanks for uh, taking the time to be with me, and uh, I will uh, see you next week.
2: Hi right, guys. Dave, Gio, thank you, guys. Have a great week, and I'll see you guys in the studio next Wednesday. Okay.
1: Uh, that's my partner, Joe Rodriguez. Uh, Gio, thank you for all your help, as usual, on the show. And we'll be working on some of these guests over the next few weeks, talk about more from the world of poker. Thanks for being with us, and we'll catch you next week on another edition of the show.
0: The views and opinions of the hosts, guests, or callers are not necessarily those of the station, its owners, advertisers, or agencies.